Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set records around the world. And then, as we always do, we break those records. My name name is Jody Jenkins. And my name is Tony Clement. And, Tony, we have one heck of a show today. I am humdinger. I'm stoked for this one, and I want to get right into it. So let's let's buzz through our sponsors without yes. taking without taking anything away from the value they receive for being a sponsor of the show. But let's try and do it at at a pace that would be uh, maybe one to one and a half times quicker than normal. So I'm going to get you to pick out pick it up. It'll be good for uh, practice for you if we're ever in this position again. Exactly. So, and Thingalonians, uh, just uh, remember our sponsors are make are make this possible. So we want to thank them. Yeah, and I do want to point out too, and I know a lot of people ask this question all the time: Is jo- Jody, Tony, what's the return on investment when I sponsor your podcast? And we don't have exact data, but we are told that most businesses, when they sponsor our podcast, within the first six months of being a sponsor, their revenues double. So again, no data, no proof, but I think that people's word is bond. So I'm going to take agree. it. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> All right, John Mutton and the team at Municipal Solutions, obviously the presenting sponsor of the show. We can't thank them enough. Uh, I live vicariously through John's Instagram posts and his workouts because I can't get to the gym. Uh, John seems to be doing enough for everybody, and I'll take it. But uh, his crew at Municipal Solutions, they do unbelievable work. We're so proud to have them on board. And, Tony, I'll let you share a little bit about that. Absolutely. Again, thank uh, municipalsolutions.ca. They've got a great program for development services and project management, whether you need development approval, permit expediting, uh, planning services with municipalities, engineering services, architectural services. If you need a minor variance or a land severance or a building permit, Go to municipalsolutions.ca. And then we also want to thank as our sponsor, Polytrack. That's Polytrack with a Q. And they offer government relations professionals a secure hub to store their advocacy data. This includes your contact details, your engagement reports, your key messages. It means that your advocacy data is at your fingertips, which means you spend less time on compliance and reporting time. It means you can spend your time growing your business. Visit polytrack.com. Mention and another thing podcast when you sign up and you receive white glove onboarding services free, 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 including tutorial and Q&A for your team. So all you GR pros out there, check out polytrack.com. And last but not the least, Think Data Works. You can find them at thinkdataworks.com, Twitter at thinkdataworks, Instagram at thinkdatahumans. And this goes to the, the question, the new question in our lives today, how confident are you in your organization's data governance? There's been over $350 million in fines due to lack of le- a legal basis for data processing and security. And so what Think Data Works offers is the technology to help build a collaborative and compliant data workflow. It means better return on investment, uh, faster time to insights, and an easier way to discover, govern, and modernize your data. It is a curated catalog of data, and it means better business value, up to two times business value. So save yourself from fines and use data better. Increase your consumer trust and your outcomes go to thinkdataworks.com. Yeah, and you can find out more by going to our podcast website and another thing podcast 
Ca Tony, I was just thinking about something I said earlier. If we are really adding to, you know, the bottom lines of these companies that are sponsoring us, we should be charging more. Like if they're making that much more, like <laughs> exactly. I just thought of that. I, I mean, can you can we can you have our team look into that? I'll I'll get our our uh, our our finance department <laughs> to look into that. For yeah, us. like I, I yeah, well, I, I I can send a quick email to our finance department. <laughs> and we'll, we'll see what happens. So sure. okay, I'm gonna let you uh, introduce our guest, and I know that you're probably gonna take over the entire interview because you guys are musicians, and I'm sure you're gonna be like uh, all over it. So. Uh, I'm excited for this Canadian legend. It's going to be a lot of fun, so I'll let you get to it. It's uh, absolutely a lot of fun, and we're very grateful to have as our And Another Thing podcast guest, Mr. Kim Mitchell, ladies and gentlemen. Kim Mitchell, uh, just a, a tremendous thrill. Of course, he was born in Sarnia, Ontario, good old Sarnia, and uh, was the lead frontman for Max Webster. Yeah, from 72 until 81 or thereabouts. There's been a few reunions since then. Went solo with his uh, killer band and has had hits like Go for a Soda, Patio Lanterns, and Rock and Roll Duty. Uh, did a stint as an afternoon drive host at Q107 from 2004 to 2015. And Jody, of course, was a radio host as well, so he knows what that business is like. Uh, and uh, I got to say, uh, this is one of the hardest working guys in rock and roll. He tours constantly. Obviously, this is pre-COVID. I saw him and his great band live many times at the Kitabala in Muskoka. He has a new album out uh, released in November of 2020, so right in, in the middle of COVID. The Big Fantasize, which is uh, his eighth studio album. And I love the songs on this. I'm, I'm really, uh, I really like a song called My Georgian Bay, which, of course, uh, harkens to, to where I live. And uh, I think also has a reference to the Kitabala in it, if I'm not mistaken. But ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Mr. Kim Mitchell. Hey, hey. Tony. <laughs> How you doing? Hi, Jody. How are you? I'm good, good. good. Hi, Tony. Well, thanks, thanks for, for doing this. Well, thank you for having me on. Thanks. Well, it's great. We always love having musicians on. We've had musicians like uh, Miranda Mulholland and uh, uh, Kelly Ogden of a of a SoCal band called the Dolly Rots. So th this is this is really a thrill. Obviously, we 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 do some politicians, we do some business people, but uh, I have mm -hmm. a live music is one of the things that uh, I think is so important to. I'm going to say this to humanity. I mean, uh, we we humans need to hear music, and mm -hmm. obviously, it's been a tough time for uh, touring musicians during COVID. But you have been busy with this new album. So, how hard was it to do an album in COVID times? Well, actually, Tony, it was all done before COVID. Ah, okay, <laughs> perfect, perfect. You know, you were doing so good, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was sitting there going, wow, that's a lot of facts he remembers. I don't actually remember the year that oh. that started and stuff like that. Burn. But I, I appreciate your, I appreciate your uh, the work you put into that oh. in introduction. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but, um, well, yeah, I... I had not even thought of recording another record until um, a dude named Greg Wells, who's a very successful Grammy award-winning record producer in Los Angeles, who was in my band actually at 17 years old. He was from Peterborough. Yeah. And uh, Greg is a very talented dude, uh, multi-instrumentalist and, and really worked hard on his career down there. And he paid me a visit after a health scare I had up here and just, 
And I did the key of shame thing. Here, have a key. There, there's a USB key. I've been writing some songs. Mm. Just give me some feedback, uh, if you can, and on one song even. That'd be great. And he emailed later and just said, please come to Los Angeles. I love all these songs. Let's record them. I said, dude, I, I can't afford you. Um, I'm a frostbitten Canadian. You're you're like working with, you know, Adele and Pink and all these amazing people. He said, "No, no." He said, "Let's let's just make the music." So went down to a studio and it was just a beautiful time. I love Los Angeles for oh, that. Yeah. I always have. I recorded uh, Rockland down there too, and I just find it. Some people are like, "Ooh, Los Angeles." Everybody thinks they're an actor. Well, as a matter of fact, you'll be in the morning. You'll go get your coffee, and there'll be people on little benches going over lines before an audition, and then at lunchtime, they'll be serving you your, you know, your. Huevos Rancheros. So it, it's, it's, listen, I love LA. Uh, I never miss an opportunity to go there. And I, there, there, there's that vibe there. I, I'm totally, I totally get that. So, mm-hmm. but of course, you can't tour with this album. That's, I guess, the no. big difference. Eh? So, yeah, yeah, you've been promoting it and, and, and doing a good job <laughs> with that. But uh, you, you must, I mean, you're, you're a tour animal. Uh, it must be nice to get away from it for a while, but yeah. uh, you, you must be at this point in, in year two of COVID thinking, geez, when can I get back on tour? Yeah, exactly. At first, you, I think a lot of musicians were, were thinking the same thing, Tony, which is, oh, I get to drop my shoulders and not do anything for a while. Walk the dog, enjoy the good earth, eat some home-cooked food because you're always on the road eating combinations of salt, fat, and sugar. Uh, and, and then after a while, I'm like, okay, now, now what? Okay. It just, it's gone on. I think it's worn so many people down and with the most recent news, it's just, uh, it's, it's too bad, man. It's just really bad. Hey, Kim, I, Kim, sorry. Go ahead. Tony, yeah, go ahead, just, yeah. I wanted to ask a question about, cause, cause Tony brought up that album and, and working in the studio and I've been, watching a lot of Netflix. Obviously, I think a lot of people have. And I just finished watching a series called The Defiant Ones. I don't know if you've seen that, no, but it, ta- it focuses on uh, Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, who I've learned a lot about Ooh. in the production world. But I'm curious to know, because I, my eyes have been opened as to how this, you know, the pr- producing, and I'm sure it's obviously changed in over years. But if you could go back to your early days of recording, maybe what, what was it like working the first time you ever got to work with a producer or had the opportunity to do an album because you watch that stuff with Jimmy Iovine and how he started and who he worked with it. it they were like crazy times. Like it, it seemed wild. <laughs> well, it, it was pretty, pretty surreal back then. I mean, you're, you're pretty young and, and they wave a contract in front of your face. And next thing you're, you're in a studio and it's, it's lovely. The, the funny thing though, I have funny memories of that stuff because we would record, in the middle of the night because that's when studio time was cheap (laughs) during the days it'd be beer companies, car companies paying big bucks for studio time. And then in the middle of the night at at midnight, a rock band would set up and have the studio for a quarter of of what they would normally charge. So all our records were made through the night and, and many times you'd do a take and, and look through the, through the glass at the producer and he'd be asleep. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, we re, I remember that specifically we recorded a song Max Webster recorded a song called High Class and Borrowed Shoes oh, yeah. the title track of, of the second Max Webster album and we ripped a take I remember it's the one that's on the record and I'm like wow yeah we're just it's just feeling so good you're not hanging on tight we finish it and we look in and Terry, Terry Brown who did all the Rush records too it's like 
hey, Terry, wh- what do you think of that? And his feet are up on the console and his, his head's back and he's just like, <sighs> he's got like a light. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you don't know yeah. whether anything's been recorded, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah hey, exactly. Tony, you were, you were mentioning your love of Georgian Bay. Yeah. Oh, man, it's just such a beautiful spot in, in this country. I, I mean, I've gone across Canada 40 times and uh, there's many, many beautiful spots, but Georgian Bay just rings uh, a beautiful spot in my heart mm-hmm. and you mentioned the song George, my georgian bay and right um it does mention the key to ballot it mentions uh uh what's what's the place that was in wasega beach to the dardanella whoa dardanella mm-hmm. uh that was a, another pavilion on the water uh so yeah it's i have fond memories i lived in uh, Collingwood for 13 years when my marriage broke up. So right on. Um, uh, well, yeah, part of it was right yay, on. Yay for you. Yay for you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, you're just yeah. you're doing well today, Tony. Well, you're doing well. What was the yay for, Tony? Yeah. <laughs> the Collingwood Park. Ken. Okay, of course. Jeez. No, but, but you uh, can I can I just ask him? Yay! About... He lost half. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's got to go on tour again. <laughs> no, it, yeah, it's cool. No, it's oh. cool. I mean, you, when you have kids, you know, you, you work it out, right? So, Kitabala, yeah, can you just tell us why you? I, I, it's clear to me you love performing in that venue. I hope that is true. Thirty-four uh, years I did it. Thirty-four years, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. what what is it about venues like that? Maybe we can broaden it out a bit. But I've seen you at the Kitabala five, six times. So, what mm-hmm. is it about the Kitabala? Uh, it's just the setting, the, the, the wooden pavilion route on the, out on the water that has been there, has a ton of history where, where the bar is now in Kitabala, uh, which is over on the side of the building for listeners who don't know this place. It's on a, it's, it's on a beautiful lake up in Muskoka an old dance pavilion that people like even Louis Armstrong played at. That's right. And, and there was an X on the floor for many years. It said Louis Armstrong stood here and performed. I actually liked the stage over on the side when, when Max Webster used to, to play key. As soon as they put it on the short side and it's way up, I find that the band is just a little too high above the audience. Like your feet aren't, are above their heads. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's got to be seven feet yeah. high. Yeah. And it's just a sweat fest. So I guess that's part of what I love about it. It's just one of those summer nights. I always stay in a nice resort up there um, and just make it a, a lovely sort of weekend. The gig is part of it. Yeah. And, and, uh, but it's just, it's a, just a nice area. It's true. You know, other bands, they do spend a couple of days around. I remember when the sheep, sheep dogs also performed Akita Bala and they'd, uh, they'd get onto the water and, uh, you know, uh, zip around on boats or what have you. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's just the whole vibe that you get there. So it is a kind of a, it's a cottage tradition. A lot of cottagers go to those shows yeah, uh, as yeah. well as the locals. And, uh, it's just a good time. And we always enjoy uh, having your band there because you put in a high energy performance it's, and it's, uh, it's just yeah, amazing. It's, it's funny. Um, I mean, the last three years I did it, it was sold out again. You just kind of scratch your head and go, wait a second. No, this is, this is a whole new generation has moved into this place. And there are young there are, people there. You're right. There yeah. are, there are, there are, there was a lot of young people there and some of the, 
my old fans, they sort of rally like, okay, let's do her one more time. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm right there thinking in the dressing room, all right, let's do this one more time. <laughs> get get the cardiac machine ready for yeah, pretty, pretty there was well. like there was a one gal there with her wedding veil on. I remember the last time I was there. So she must right. have had her wedding or something, and then they went out to, to oh, see the ballet. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yep. so it's a, it's a great it's a great venue that way. Yeah, one of my friends did that. He got married his, his, uh, to his wife and and they spent the night at uh, Key to Bala watching us play. There you go. It's a it's a fine tradition. So you mentioned Rush, and I know you guys uh, were slash are close, uh, did a lot of touring together. Uh, did Neil's death uh, hit you hard? Uh, it, of course. I, I mean, yeah. just crazy. Yeah, eh? of course. I mean, we did spend a lot of time opening for Rush. We went through the States with them numerous times, uh, Europe a couple times, and I got to know all three of those guys pretty well while, while you're working with them. And I have nice memories of Neil, uh, Neil thing. Some, something that a lot of people don't know is that Neil, when we opened up for rush, Neil was playing drums to our whole set almost every night. It was his way of warming up. He asked us, he said, Hey, do you mind if I play along with your set? Now his drums were behind us and they were behind a black scrim. So nobody could see him and the microphones weren't turned on. We could hear him on stage, but he basically did what our drummer did. And I just thought it was kind of a cool, a cool little addition to to be playing your set and hear two drummers. Holy <laughs> moly. Yeah, it was really neat. And uh, Neil, I, I sort of have this mental picture of, in my head w of Neil backstage. He always had a book in his hand because he was always reading, always reading a book. And on top of the book would be his cigarette case this beautiful chrome cigarette case. And, and I think his Alex Lifeson was in the band was the clown. And I think Neil was Alex's biggest fan because he'd be having a nice conversation with Neil. Alex would come along and do something goofy. And I always picture Neil putting his head back on oh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> laughing at Alex. It's just nice moments to remember Neil by. A terrible disease too, glioblastoma. Oh I've gosh. seen a few friends, few friends. I never had even heard of it till the past five, six years. They're going to do a memorial forum in St. Catharines, uh, I think at Lakeside Park for obvious reasons, with mm -hmm. given the Rush song. So, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm I'm definitely going to. I hope that's a non-socially distant event. We can all get together after yeah, this is over yeah, and, and just nice. send So let's them talk about you as a musician, Tony. <laughs> let's not do that. But I, yeah, that's, what, that's what this is all about. That's he's what just, all he's about. trying to yeah. get a gig. That's right. <laughs> Eventually, you knew it was going to come around to this, right? <laughs> well, you know, thank you for liking my uh, Instagram post with my new uh, Telecaster, the Seafoam Green yeah. baby. Uh, and uh, that was my 60th birthday present to myself, uh, although my wife did have something to say about it as well. And... Um, was that a positive thing? Like, yeah, yeah, no, she, okay, she, good, she, good. she went for it. She, she got me my first guitar. I, Kim, I didn't start playing a note. I didn't know anything about music or playing guitar, like as a, as an art. Of course, I listen to music, but I didn't know anything about that until I turned fifty, and I just, just decided if I'm gonna, ever going to learn anything new and to learn how to play guitar, I, I better start now. So I started at age fifty. Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, and uh, it's become a real lifesaver for me in so many different contexts uh, when I've had, uh, you know, depression or anxiety or now with COVID, mm -hmm. the guitar.
guitar is always there and uh, the music yeah. is always there. So uh, f- I, I just I just use the mantra 10 minutes a day. Just uh, keep poking yeah. around and you, you don't have to. Sometimes I spend an hour. Sometimes I spend 10 minutes, but uh, it's always by my side. And uh, we've I've fa- managed to find a bunch of guys in Muskoka. Oh, nice. And uh, we got a you know a garage band. We do some we do some pubs and restaurants uh, and whatnot called the Doc Spiders. A nice Muskoka the name. Doc Spiders, I love that. <laughs> That's great. So we do the we do seventies and eighties uh, rock and uh, every everything from Tom Petty to uh, a little bit of Beatles and a little bit of uh, Billy Joel and uh, whatever else we can find. So we, we have some fun with it. I can hear the the key to what you're talking about, Tony, which which is. The guitar, every time you spend any time with your guitar or an instrument, it needs to be fun. Mm-hmm. And I can tell that that's the case with you, that you pick it up at home and you, it's just, even if it's 10 minutes or 15 minutes, if that's all you have, just have fun with it. Don't get all bent out. Yeah, make, have little small goals for yourself that you want to achieve to to get better with your technique or whatever. But um, the main key is like, it's 12 notes. Let's just enjoy them and have fun. What advice would you give to your younger self? Uh, keep your publishing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, gee, what what advice would I give? Uh, that's a great question. And and our last guest said buy Bitcoin, but <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, geez, I don't know. Um, I mean, are there I things really... that, that that resonate with you? I, I, I remember on Q, you used to do this, gee, I wish I wrote that. Damn, I wish I wrote that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And and so you, know, you you are a retrospective guy. You know the craft. Let me put it another way, because I, I, there's another question I want to ask you. What is your songwriting method? How, how do you construct a song? It happens uh, all different combinations. Um I always think, I think it was Bob Dylan said this, but I'm just the conduit for the, there's some, there are all these ideas to me. I'm not a cosmic person, but I I always feel like all these musical ideas are rolling around in the universe way up there. And then it picks somebody like myself and goes, zap, this idea comes and it comes while I'm driving somewhere or whenever. And you go, Oh, Okay, and then you start flushing this thing out. Is it a lyric or a melody I, I, or both? I guess, yeah, it's both. It's anything. It can be a little riff. It can be a little lyric. It can be a, a little melody. Um, I, I always look at it like I am the roadie to this song. I think that that would be some of my some of my advice would be there's 12 notes, man, um, to work with here. And not everybody is going to... Not everybody's going to end up being in the NHL, but you can play hockey every weekend and mm-hmm. still really enjoy what you're doing. You can do that in music too. Not everybody's going to end up in a band as famous as Rush or U2, but you can get together like Tony Clement and and play with the Doc Spiders and have a good time. And and that's what music is about. That's what it's supposed to be. We're, we are supposed to be bring happiness to people. That's all. That's what our job is. I remember one day being in a doctor's office. Am I blabbing too much now? No, no, no. no. Just remember being in a doctor's office one day, some specialist, I'm looking at all his plaques and, and I mentioned to him, I went, wow, you, you've really accomplished a lot in, in your lifetime. And I guess that's just amazing. And he says, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm just, I'm just a guitar player. And he says, Hey, don't, don't discount that. You, 
you've brought a lot of happiness to like hundreds of thousands of people. So through your music and uh, it sort of, sort of validated what we, our job is as musicians is to take our audience away to Rockland Wonderland. And that's uh that's a, a cool thing to do. Jodes, I, I gotta, I gotta say, Kim, uh, Jody, uh, you know, uh, you know, I've made a lot of speeches in my time as a politician, and I've revved up crowds, and uh, I know what that feeling is like. But when I was on stage with a band, and people started dancing, uh, there's just no feeling like that. I gotta mm-hmm. say, yeah, and I've mentioned that to to younger artists too that that they're like, well, what do I do to make it? I'm like, well, take the words "making it" right out of your plan. I mean, you. When you're on stage or if you're in a garage with your buds, when you connect musical energy with other players, that feeling that you're getting is the exact same thing that you two is getting on stage. Brian Adams is getting on stage. You know, Barbara Streisand and with, with a huge symphony behind her. There, it's all the same feeling when you connect that musical energy. At the end of the day, the only thing different are the numbers. Now, big question for you. Uh-oh. Does rock and roll have a future? Interesting. Well, yeah, that is an interesting question. Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah. You, when you mean rock and roll, you just mean a style of music, like yeah. rocking out as opposed to, like, uh, hip-hop? Or you know, when I was growing up in the, in, okay. the, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, pop music and rock and roll music were the same thing. When you, okay. when you had a pop song, it was a rock song in some gotcha. form or another, maybe a ballad, but you, you know, you get the gist. The mm-hmm. big bands were the rock and roll bands, the Beatles, the Stones, the U2, you mentioned, so on. Uh, now, of course, R&B uh, influences pop music so radically now and hip hop. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, rock and roll is kind of a niche act. I mean, we you can still fill a stadium. You can still fill an arena. Good point. But it's it's kind of secondary. And the, the second thing I'd like to put bring to your attention, of course, is how streaming has affected all forms of music, because the, 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 the push is to bring your chorus to the front of the song, because if you can hold on to a listener during streaming for 30 seconds, you actually get paid that one one hundredth of a cent or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they go away before the 30 seconds, you lose them and you don't get paid. So there's a structural change that's happening sure. in pop music. And then there's this whole arc where rock and roll is no longer the top dog. So that's sure. that's the context of the question gotcha. about the future. Yep. Um, you made great points there, and I have to agree with you. There's sort of this science behind it all that has been researched, and and that's a way a lot of pop music is made, and, and rhythm and blues. It's it's committee. It's uh, huge teams of writers. Um, I always feel that that creativity is not regional. I, I feel that a great idea can come to a single person in any genre of music. So having said that, I think there will always be uh, men and women who pick up a guitar and do what they do. Now it might not be rocking out in the same sense of certain decades. This is this sort of what I, I always when I start to talk about rhythm and blues and hip hop, I love new generations 
the way they say things and, and mm-hmm. their language, because we had the same thing. Sinatra had it. You, you go back to uh, the times of Bach and, and Beethoven. They, everybody said their, said what they wanted to say musically in the way that they could communicate with their audience. So this is how they communicate. Now you can sit there and go, well, the people's attention spans because of the internet is, is like 30 seconds. So you got to do that in 30 seconds. Okay. So what there's, there's still great things coming out, but uh, I'm happy to say that I'm happy. I lived when I lived because you know, right behind me is all my live gear and I just fired up and pissed the neighbors off still, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Sometimes. So, um, Actually, I don't peeve them off. I think they go, holy crap, that's Kim Mitchell. That's Kim Mitchell. <laughs> I recognize that riff. Why? He, he's kind of losing it. <laughs> uh, you know, I got to say, to me, it's still the sense of discovery. I, I was, uh, a couple of years ago, I was in Salt Lake City for a conference. And uh, as I usually do, I always research, you know, who's playing? Is there a dive bar I can go to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. aside from the conference just to hear a new band? So I go to this dive bar in Salt Lake City. And there's this band just killing it, yeah. and they're called Black Pistol Fire. So I, I I look them up while they're playing, and they're from Toronto. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> going, what? Isn't that great? Yeah, and they, they their t-shirts say Black Pistol Fire, uh, Austin, Texas. But if you actually look at where they get these guys grew up, it was like Scarborough or something like that. Nice. So you know, here I am in Salt Lake City, discovering a new band, and it happens to be a Canadian band. That's kind of the fun, uh, I think, of rock and roll that you can discover these new acts, and you must ha- have the same thing because you you have opening acts. I know at the Key and elsewhere, mm-hmm. these yeah. uh, new guys and gals coming on uh, trying to do their thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, and online, it's just, it's ridiculous, right? Um, I think one of the, I, I will go out on a limb here and say one of the best guitar players I have ever enjoyed listening to is is a classical, sort of classical jazz young dude called Antoine Boyer. Mm. Um, not many people know of him. Uh, he's from Paris, and he just. I don't know, Antoine Boyer, uh, he's just on a level that I uh, of emotion and technique that I, I just, my jaw drops every time I listen to anything he does. Well, Kim Mitchell re- uh, recommends Antoine Boyer. And another thing, podcast listeners, there you go. There's a recommendation, taking, taking it to the bank for sure. Kim, thanks so much for being part of our show. It's really been amazing to have you on, and, and uh, we certainly wish you well. Jody, do you have uh, any other commentary for our guest? Uh, we'll Jody, be we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back with more of the Tony Clement show <laughs> right after this. Yeah. Hey, Jody, what what your voice? Did it, did I hear this in Toronto or were you in Toronto? Or no, you? I'm 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 huge in Japan. I, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. That's probably no, no. I uh, radio, but the only you might heard it in Peterborough. I started my career at the Wolf, and I was going to say that every seemed like every other song was a uh, was a Kim Mitchell song back in the day. So I apologize. <laughs> but, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Kim, one one thing I'm going to ask this last question before we let you go, because I know you're a, a busy man, and I'm sure you can appreciate being on both sides of the mic in your career and your broadcasting and the music, obviously. And what we do here at the show is we never want to put people on the spot. We always want to make them comfortable and have those casual chats. So having said that, until who now, you, who did you hate in commun- Canadian music? No, I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. No, I, you, uh, yeah, I love them all. Um, yeah. yeah. You did mention, though, you you said hip-hop twice, and I'm just curious, and, and uh, you, you might not even have, have an answer for this. Is there anyone in that rap culture, hip-hop, that you actually do like, Canadian or otherwise? 
it, that are Canadian. Yeah, well, it doesn't have to be Canadian. Yeah, I mean, I like the the older stuff, you know. Maestro uh, Fresh Wes. Well, okay, sure, yeah. uh, but but uh, um, you know, Busta Rhymes. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, just because you're talking about rhythm and poetry, yeah, I just yeah. thought he was he was a little bit like a, a really fast guitar player, like a shredder on the guitar. Just the, the way he spoke was so fast and rhythmical. I just you're putting me, you are putting me on the spot because I can't think of all the artists that I love. Um, um, but uh, the, many of them, and I, I guess the, the gist of the whole thing was that I love how music changes and evolves and, and welcome that. I may right. not buy some of those records, but uh, I still love new generations coming in and saying what they have to say musically in the way they want to. So it's, it's great watching it. And I should say too, Dave Farrow was on the show a long time ago. He said you did a great job. Oh, that's nice. That right. was my first my first boss. I'd never had a boss up till then. He was a good guy. Yeah, and uh, I know there was an interview I had read where you said after you uh, were released of your position there with the with the radio station that you walked around for a bit, like with your tail between your legs. But I can tell you this: uh, it may, might not matter now, but they always taught us in school that if you're not getting fired from a radio gig, you're not doing it right. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because you should always be pushing the envelope. I'm yeah. not saying that was the case for you, but uh, that was, you know, I, I pride myself. I got let go from a couple stations. So. Yeah. It was one of those moments where you walk around and then you go, Oh, I guess I have to go back to being a rock guitar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It could, <laughs> could be a lot worse. You should have said to them, well, you can't play my music anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wants the residuals, Jody. Come on. I, I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, nice talking to you guys. It, it's been great having you on. I, for one, uh, cannot wait to get back to the key to battle or anywhere to see the Kim Mitchell band perform. It's always a high energy show where everybody's shaking it and uh and i wish you well sir in the meantime you've been a great guest you as well tony and jody we'll see you guys later take care kim thanks canadian legend kim mitchell that was a lot of fun i know you were literally literally your eyes are probably as wide as saucers right now i'm fanboying it i gotta say jody it was a big thrill to have surprised you didn't ask him to get you into the key to bala like hey (laughs) i've I've played i've played on the stage of the key to bala i have yeah but you got thrown out after that i was like (laughs) you ran excuse me sir (laughs) what are you doing here (laughs) i did what i'm actually you know what i meant to ask too is he's probably seen some crazy bar fights in his time oh yeah yeah, I was yeah. I was visualizing, you know, that scene from Roadhouse where Jeff Healy is oh, playing yeah. behind the, when the chicken wire and that chicken wire and then the bar, the fight breaks out. The guys are smashing bottles over their heads. Like, I wonder if he's ever had an experience like that. So, Well, I'm sure he I, he's done so much touring. I'm sure he said pretty well every experience you can imagine. <laughs> it was awesome. Anyway. Yeah. Check out Kim Mitchell uh, anywhere you can. And uh, like you said, looking forward to live music and once that returns it will be welcomed for sure okay gotta thank uh, john mutton and the team at municipal solutions our presenting sponsor you can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca and uh, polytrack uh, polytrack.com and thinkdataworks.com we thank all of our sponsors just a little note for kim mitchell his new album is called the big fantasize so i recommend that album to you as well All right, Tony. Well, we will do this again in seven Seven days days. and looking forward to it. And hey, by the way, you got to come down for some golf. 
I will do that. Uh, apparently, with the big super duper, we really mean it. Lockdown, you can still play golf, so that's well, that's good Eddie, by me. I, mean, I know we didn't get into it much, but it is comical because you read you read all these orders and like it said, basic, but it's funny. All the list of essential things, like there are so many reasons to go out. I mean, it's kind of funny, but you know, like do not leave home unless it is absolutely necessary. Or if you have to golf. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There we go. Schwing. Anyway, so we'll talk to you soon. You betcha.